Hello, happy Thursday, and welcome to the thesis here on the Cyclone and Fanatic Podcast Network. Of course, we're live on Facebook as well. Hello to the Facebook Live audience. I'm Chris Williams. I'm joined by Rob Gray, the grizzled veteran senior writer here at CycloneFanatic.com. Before we get into Iowa State and Texas, we want to thank our sponsors, Ames Eye and Des Moines Eye. You can check them out at AmesEyeCare.com, DesMoinesEyeCare.com. You can vote on the eye-catching player of the game following every Iowa State football and basketball game. Rob Gray, how was Norman? How was the trip? Not the game, just did we stop by, see any exotic birds, anything like that on the way? Very few birds. Rocks? Did uh, you see any minerals? I did see basically. <laughs> I know that's the stuff that I you're noti- into. I noticed the transition to the red dirt. That was kind of oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that, that is actually a cool thing. Uh, yeah. Driving on the Kansas tollway all the oh, way. Brutal. Sucks. Brutal. But did you, you 50, probably get some podcasts. It's 15 bucks each way. Oh, yeah, I had, I had plenty book. of stuff to listen to and, yeah. and all that I love stuff. those long drives by myself. Yeah. I really do. Like, no offense, I'd rather do a drive like that than with somebody because I can just uh, melt. You know what I mean? Yeah. I enjoy it. I love my drive from Bondurant to Ames and, like, my 30-minute drive home after the radio show. So I hope you enjoy I hope you had a relaxing time. Well, the the rental car place got me, uh, you know, I was supposed to get, like, a mid-range car, and they just said they just got in these uh, mini countrymen. So I had a mini countryman to drive. It was well, who fun. makes a countryman? Cooper, Mini Cooper, oh, okay. or whatever. Wow. It's a fun little car. Yeah, well, it's nothing you can get here at the Carl Chevrolet studio, but it's nice, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you, you, you can't beat what's on offer there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a good time in Oregon. I feel like you would like Oregon. Probably. Like, it's very, like, earthy, very, um, a lot of hippies. Yeah. I'll just say it. Eugene, where we stayed, has a massive homeless problem. I was at the... Um, they're called the, um, what is it? I want to give my boys a shout out. The Acoustic. I think they're called like Acoustic Barbershop. Look that up, Jared. It's downtown Eugene. <laughs> and the, by the way, they were awesome. They loved the fact that I was from Iowa, like yep. hanging out with these guys. They were watching American Gladiators. It was great. And I was explaining to them about Blaze, you know, yep. Real Mitchell's mom, all yep. that. They thought it was great. And they were telling me that per capita, Eugene, Oregon, as the world's or the country's largest homeless population. Can we blame it's, Phil Knight for this? I don't know, but it's brutal. Like you, for, I'm not kidding. Like the campus area is super nice, but it is just homeless like cities everywhere in Eugene. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I know all major U.S. cities. Of course, it's a big problem. Um, but not that's not that big of no, a city. Exactly. Like exactly. it was weird, it's just man. A like standard size college town. It seems like. Yeah, you walk like a, like anywhere. Like, and there's just tents and like, it was, it was really sad, but that other than that, like really a cool, um, vibe out there. I'm probably more of a Corvallis guy. My time in Corvallis. Like, I think if I could live in one of the two, I'd probably fit in a lot better out in Corvallis. It's more rural. You saying I'd fit in in Eugene? No, I think that you'd probably be more of a Corvallis guy too, to be honest with you. Eugene just, it's weird. It's almost the Iowa city Ames thing, just in Mm -hmm. a different way. Like Iowa city to me. Uh, there's nothing against it. I've just never, it doesn't feel like you're in Iowa yeah. to me. Like I, there's such a Chicago vibe exactly. there. Yeah. It's more of a city. Maybe I shouldn't say it doesn't feel like you're in Iowa. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it's to me, Iowa, because of where I'm from is very rural, 
Like it's and Ames has more of that vibe. Still got that intimate feel. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, that. It was super interesting. I, I could see how Oregon and Oregon state are very much an Iowa, Iowa state thing. As far as like the people who live there compared yeah. to here, the people who graduate here compared to there. It was, it was interesting to me yeah. to compare while I was out there. I cool. got to a nice brewery one night. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good trip. A uh, shout out to the Dallas Fort Worth Cyclones. Yeah. Went uh, to their tailgate. I mean, Archie Murdoch and his dad. It was great yeah, to talk was, to. I talked to his dad for a feature I did on him um, back in the day. It was nice to meet him, shake his hand, and Archie to talk to him about that game and kind of get yeah. a little little pregame content up. That as was well. awesome. Yeah. Um, great people there, though. Uh, Barry, so many, uh, Brad, so many people you run into and uh, just, just, uh, very welcoming group and a nice way to spend the afternoon once you get hunkered down there. And, no doubt. And what a storied stadium to get to. I mean, I'd never been there before. That's cool. And, I'm uh, glad you had a good experience. You yeah. saw a great game. I did. You didn't think it was going to be a good game about 15 minutes in, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, um, it was weird. You know, um, I kind of talked about this on our Monday musings podcast, so I don't want to completely overdo it, but you know, like it, I had a weird experience because we took off and Iowa State was down 14-0. It looked like it was going to be a total route. We land and like they're going for two to win the game. <laughs> it was a really odd. For me, I haven't missed an Iowa State football game like live or been there in person in probably close to 15 years. And to be in the air when that was going on and you land and, and it's like, I don't know, like I, I was disappointed and I was sad and there's an element of heartbreak just like all the fans out there but it was also like I did have a sense of like you got to be proud of those guys you know and I, I thought that the head coach kind of you know he's he's not I actually talked to Matt on Sunday a little bit and nobody in that program like they were pissed that they lost yeah like they were legitimately like mad after that game but like I think that everybody could kind of look at like where they were and like how it ended up and you could okay I have some pride in that too. Well, Lincoln Could Riley you? said after the game that that first half, that was probably the best half of football that Oklahoma had played. Yeah, they came out on fire. And that's saying something. I mean, it, to get in a position to where you can still win that game, as I wrote in my piece, they're 118 and 10 over the last 20 years there. I would say it was one of those 10 already. They hadn't lost back-to-back regular season games in 20 years. Almost happened. Despite being down like that, I was going to say – I noticed during the game you had sort of your your, your duration was longer, but once they were up tw- uh, fourteen, still it was forty two twenty eight, and uh, Zach Peterson forced the fumble. And, oh, Ryan Vance got it, and the Cyclones had the ball, but they uh, what was it? A couple penalties. They failed on fourth and thirteen. The stadium emptied out. I mean, there were very few people there, so I was imagining those people walking to their cars. And thinking, okay, you know, great first half, you know, nice, comfortable win against a good team. I feel pretty good. And getting there, and it's turning on the radio, and it's like, uh, you know, they're they're describing Iowa State going for two, and now their minds would be blown. Um, So similar that way. But, I mean, Coach Campbell said, and look, everyone wants to win, and it hurts everyone to lose games you could or should win. But he continues to harp on. That's my piece uh, going up sometime today, that – the growth mindset with them is is the most crucial element of how they approach playing football. And we've heard it since Campbell got there that, you know, yes, wins and losses are important, but that's not the, 
yes, that's, you know, you're going to be measured by that by everybody else, but he keeps saying he loves his team and keeps going yeah, because yeah. of them adopting, fully adopting that growth mindset and being able to put the wins and losses to the side and focus on what's in here and what's in the other guy's heart and, and making sure those things link up. Um, we'll start to look ahead to Texas. We are going to call here in about five minutes, Jay Jordan, our esteemed football analyst from cyclonefanatic.com. Uh, I want to run down some of my notes for Texas. The thesis is more about looking ahead and game breakdown and stuff, but I wanted to get Rob's perspective on Oklahoma since he was there. Uh, okay, this is what I have down for. We're gonna we can run through these quickly, and then we can run them by with Jay in more depth. He's seen Texas way more than any of us. Sure. He he lives there. Um, now I'm pretty familiar with Texas. Um, pretty open about the fact that I I still have a relationship with Tom Herman and. I, I keep an eye on that program closely. Um, but I, I, th- I see some real opportunity here from Iowa State, but I also see a Texas team that I think may have found something in the second half last week in Austin, which gives me brief concern for, for coming up to Saturday. Here are my concerns for Iowa State, okay? I'm just going to run these through you real quick. Okay. Early scores. It seems to me the last couple times out, the defense has struggled early, made great adjustments, at halftime, mm-hmm. but they've dug too big of holes. Yep. This, um, this, this is still a team, despite some rather gaudy offensive numbers that it's put up compared to school standards, they still have to win with defense. They're getting too far behind early with big plays. The adjustments have been brilliant at halftime. That's a concern for me because Sam Ellinger is a guy who many people – yours truly included, had in New York in the Heisman Trophy ceremony before the season started off. It's obviously not going to play out that way, but this is a guy who's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, last year in Austin, and I was at that game, saw it firsthand, Iowa State manhandled physically. Just manhandled. It was men and boys. I think Iowa State has taken a large step forward since that game, but what if they haven't? Okay, mm-hmm. Something to keep in mind opportunities, quick opportunities I see for Iowa State. The short passing game with Brees Hall, I think is going to be there all day against Texas. They really struggle to tackle in space, especially on the back end. Two, Sam Ellinger, six interceptions in his last three games. He threw four picks two weeks ago uh, against TCU. Who plays a similar defense to TCU? Hmm, Iowa State. Toughness. And half half the Big 12. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. They're all copycats now. And then overall toughness, um, don't don't mix this up with the physicality note that I just made. I think Iowa State is a very tough football team, mentally and physically. While they may be overmatched sometimes size-wise and whatnot, not very often anymore, mm-hmm. I think they're a very tough football team. And I think it could come into play, cold temperatures, Texas heading north. I don't want to overplay that, but I still think it's a factor that we have to consider when you break down this football game. And I think Iowa State is – in a mindset now, after the two-point conversion failed, after everything that happened last week in Norman, it's a pissed-off group of Cyclones heading into Saturday, and I think that overall toughness could be a big coup for the Cyclones. What do you think about that list? Uh, I think it's a great list. Um, the toughness thing is one, again, that Campbell comes back to. He has his go-tos, and that's one of them, and it, it ties into with their commitment to, to growth and focusing on themselves as kind of two of the biggest things he, he finds distinguishes his team from others and why he says culture-wise it's probably the most fun team he's ever been around. Um, so I, I think that does come into play. I think, did, here's a did you know, and I don't have the exact number, 
I think Iowa State is middle of the pack in Big 12 in turnover margin in Big 12 games. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, Actually, I thought that they'd be ones, worse. The one, oh, exactly. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah. Because the, the, the three picks late against Oklahoma State are magnified. It, and when they only get one a game, it seems like, and then they get two or whatever, it feels like they're not getting any yeah. to some degree. Totally. And, uh, you know, and, and, and Texas, as you've said, is, is prone to that. And I don't know. I, I've, got a, I've got a really good feel. We're, we, who knows? Maybe we'll be on opposite ends uh, in, a, in a different way this week than we were last. But I've got a really good feeling about this game, looking at what's all still on the table for Iowa State. All right. We'll get more on Texas when we come back. We are going to hang up and – call jay jordan he is our cyclone fanatic football film guru he's got a new piece up on the website we just got it up last night where i thought he did a really good job of just putting perspective on the entire season where it was like hey you know um five and four is five and four can't take that away but here's like beyond the five and four y'all should go check that out um of course when you're done listening to the thesis you need to you need to continue to listen we're presented by ames eye clinic Ames Eye Care, that is. Des Moines Eye Care. AmesEyeCare.com. Des Moines Eye Care.com. I care for the whole family. You should check them out. Tell them we sent you. We're going to call Jay Jordan next here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Thursday Thesis here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We're going to welcome in Jay Jordan now. He's on the phone with us in um, the Dallas Metro. Is that, ac- is that accurate, Jay? No, I'm actually about two hours to the east. Uh, in the Tyler area. Oh, okay, Tyler. But that it all kind of will run together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing, man? You doing all right? I'm good. I'm good. I'm surviving the frigid cold down here. You know, it's forty. <laughs> Stop. So it's forty-two <laughs> here right now. Wow, that is kind oh, of. Oh, really? Yeah. You're doing better than me. <laughs> all right, Jay. I wanted to bring you on. Um, Get a little bit of more of a scout on Texas. I've got some notes here. I just ran them by Rob. I'm going to run them by you, and we can dig a little deeper into the analysis of this football game. All right? You got a few minutes for us? I do. All right. Um, A couple of concerns for me about this game in particular. Iowa State's given up some early scores. The last couple of games, uncharacteristic big plays. The defense has done well at making adjustments at halftime but it's been a bit too much. I feel like Ellinger, as spotty as he has been this year, he's still dangerous enough to, to scare me going into Saturday. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, we're on a two-game trend of, of kind of not necessarily having the wrong plan, but, um, well, yeah, kind of having the wrong plan going into the game uh, from the defensive perspective that's left us vulnerable. Uh, just some of those early scores. So uh, Iowa State has some some proving to do uh, to show that they're not going to be vulnerable about that. Uh, yeah, Ellinger's been a little bit spotty. Um, I still think he's one of the um, best operators of an RPO offense in the country. Um, and I think that that's – but there's reason to have that concern. What I think they're going to do – Texas does not have to – deviate from the plan they've used the last two years against Iowa State because it's worked, right? Successfully. Um, they can do what they do, but I'm seeing them pivot into some really problematic things, uh, primarily um, Colin Johnson, their large wide receiver, moving into the slot and running mm-hmm. tight end routes out of that, similar to how Iowa State 
um, similar to what Iowa State did with Hakeem Butler two years ago. Um, that's problematic if he gets matched up on a linebacker and the secondary's not ready for that. Uh, and then I think you're going to see a lot of four wide and um, uh, five wide empty sets with Ellinger as a primary runner. I think he's going to run more in this game than he has in the past based on the film and based on the way their offense is progressing. And and that's always a difficult element for Iowa State to contain, especially with the gimpy Greg Eisworth uh, trying to come fill those holes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, It's weird. I, I, You know, I should feel more comfortable with Iowa State's defense. After all, it's had a great year. Oklahoma, but uh, – I don't know the last two weeks, like they and, and while they've been good, I still think Texas is going to score some points on Saturday. Do you, I, I I get the feeling you kind of feel the same way. Yes, absolutely. Um, the key will be: can you get them into a long enough stretch of not scoring points to yeah. allow your offense to make progress? Okay, I have this as kind of a positive and a negative, and I'll run it by you. Last year, and I know you were at the game too, we hung out, Iowa State was physically dominated in Austin. I, I sense that Iowa State is in a much better spot physically than it was a year ago against these Texas Longhorns. I also think Iowa State's a mentally tougher team, a physically tougher team. It's going to be cold. I could see this. If I look at it last year just by the matchup, I go, wow, that was a mismatch. I think Iowa State has closed the gap from that game. Do you agree? Yes. Yes. I think we're uh, we're more of a match. Um, I mean, we're not all the way there yet at the Texas level, but, but yeah, I don't think physicality this year is going to be necessarily a stark factor or a significant factor in the game. I think it's going to be more of a a raw talent and scheme shift game. Okay. Here's some opportunities I see for the Cyclones. Let's dig into the schematics here offensively. Short passing game with Brees Hall. I watched that game with Texas Tech, or excuse me, Kansas State last week. Um, Texas really struggles in the open field when you get to the back seven. Um, I'm as, I've been as impressed with Brees Hall in the passing game as I have been with his running game, believe it or not. Um, I, I just I see Iowa State's short passing game because of the amount of playmakers you you, you factor in Tariq Milton, Deshante Jones into the mix. I, I see this as an opportunity to create plays in space. Do you agree? Yes, um, especially if if Orlando continues to run the type of kind of wild west wide open uh, blitz schemes that he's run in the past. Uh, in the past, this meaning this season, uh, that have, has left Texas vulnerable to that and left their guys on an island um, in, in a lot of cases. So if they continue that, now maybe this is the one week they decide to sit back and play base and, um, you know, tackle in space or surround space instead of uh, leaving it open. Uh, but they the aggressive nature of, of those two guys, Orlando and Herman leads me to believe they won't do that. Uh, so yes, I, I agree with you, Chris. I, I think there's a, there's a difference um, when Brees Hall has the ball in his hand versus anyone else on the Iowa state team. There's just a possibility. His, his ability to spin and power through arm tackles um, 
when it seems like he shouldn't be able to doesn't just net him another two yards it nets him five or six and those are those are game changing and differential type margins and I, I think having the ball in his hand whether it's passing or running is going to be um, absolutely critical for Iowa State to keep offense moving. Jay, Jay uh, had a question also regarding Texas's defense. Uh, I know they've been banged up. I know they're pretty young. Is that kind of what explains how they've pretty much struggled to to stop almost anyone they play, or is, does it t- does it tie into maybe there's a bit of a mismatch in scheme to personnel at this point? Um, the uh, the latter there is is what what I what I see. I mean. Yes, banged up. You lose Caden Stearns, you lose B.J. Foster, you have Brandon Jones out for a little bit. Those are those are dynamite players, and you're you're going to suffer uh, regardless of the talent level of your team. Uh, they've got you know two of those three back now, but but what was killing them largely were just ill-timed and um, uh, blitz packages that were given away, pressure packages uh, that they they bring that that teams. Just for instance, Kansas State's basically getting shut down on one of their first drives, and then all of a sudden Texas inexplicably brings a, a, a blitz off the edge um, and up the middle. It's a, it's a high-level pressure package. Thompson gets rid of it, and Noel fills, goes 60 yards for the score. Um, you know, that wasn't a talent problem. <laughs> that was a call yeah. problem. And you see that repeatedly in them getting gashed in that. Hmm. Now, at any time, that could change. That concerns me about this game. It also concerns me that Iowa State has not been particularly adept at handling and making the right calls in those circumstances. So um, that's that's really where where I think scheme is going to play a huge, huge role in this this contest. What about Ellinger? Uh, six interceptions in his last three games. I think it's like five in his last two. What have you seen from him? Is he is he becoming more turnover prone? Is he was that some of that bad luck? What do you what do you see from him, and and how does Iowa State exploit that and get him to turn the ball over? Uh, <laughs> are you are you confident we can catch it if it comes to no? <laughs> I'm absolutely not. And then my Minnesota Vikings dropped like three picks on yes, Sunday too, and it's just like, gosh, well, what's up with defensive backs? Why can't they catch the ball? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, because there were four just yes opportunities against Oklahoma. Uh, we forget there's one on the – I mean, we got two in the second half, but, uh, but there's one on the sideline that Eisworth did come down with. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, I don't think – I, I made the statement in, in, in the article this week that, that you can prepare for turnovers. You can prepare for to be in positions to create conflict and turnover possibilities, uh, but you can't uh, coach or dictate turnovers. Turnovers largely are a matter of luck. Uh, so, uh, you know, primarily when those have happened and then, uh, you know, a disguised coverage uh, or just a forced ball. So if Iowa State can put Texas in a position that they need yards, they need a score, mm-hmm. a pressure situation, uh, and be solid enough against the run that passing is the option, then then you will get an opportunity or two to pick the ball off, and then it's just up to you to convert it. Convert it. 
something. That that worm has to turn. It may not turn this season. It may turn next season. I don't know, but at some point that worm is going to turn. And uh, but the key to that, I think, is controlling the running game. Doesn't mean all the way shutting it down, but but making it difficult that when they need yards, they doubt whether or not they can get them running the football. And if you can do that, then you put Texas in a position um, where where perhaps some of the coverage schemes that we use can uh, can get guys in lanes like like they were against Oklahoma. You um, have played football at a high level, uh, at every level really, and um, I feel like guys like us will often overplay temperature. However, um, and I was it, Tom Tom Herman talked a lot about this in his press conference this week about how temperature doesn't really change your game plan. Wind will change your game plan. Rain will change your game plan. All that stuff. Temperature will not. Highs like forty on Saturday. Um, by the time that sun goes down, it'll be probably in the low thirties, maybe high twenties. Iowa State fans like to joke that Texas and Oklahoma never have to come to Ames in November. Well, here you go. Mm-hmm. How big of a factor is that? Jay, is it a factor? No, that's hard to answer because there's variables. Herman's exactly right. Wind is a major factor. Wind will change what you do and how you do it and, and affect the way of, of play comes out. Cold usually doesn't. Um, you'd rather play in cold heat will. I think we saw that against Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but cold doesn't necessarily limit what you can or can't do. A cold ball slippery, um, which isn't as big a problem on shorter passing routes and you can catch it with your body, but it's a bigger problem when you're trying to push the ball deep. Um, it's really kind of a will and a toughness thing. And once you get to the collegiate level, uh, you're generally a pretty tough dude. So a few extra bumps and bruises and being a little bit cold uh, doesn't really bother you unless there's like a biting wind or a wetness factor that causes that to be extraordinary. If that's not there, then, yeah, you're just going to have a pretty normally played uh, played football game uh, with very few limitations. I'll tell you, though, where it does come into play is, and maybe not these days because I'm ancient, but <laughs> these days they got... They got Hold my beer, Jim. Things like that. But... Uh, but, but if you have to sit a long time, yeah. so for instance, somebody runs off an eight-minute drive and your defense sits, that matters in the cold. Um, but like I said, they, they may have, uh, you know, everybody may have electric blanket pants. I don't know. Uh, so they prevent that stuff these days with as much money as Texas has. I'm sure they'll keep them warm. But, uh, but if you're sitting on the bench for a long time in the cold atmosphere, that it can cost, take you a play or two to get loose and then the uh, opposing unit can take advantage of that all right brother give us a prediction don't want to spoil the picks column no. for tomorrow but that's what the thesis is all about what do you what do you got for this one do you have it yet man i you know i used to love making predictions but that was kind of I, cool i hate it, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it is and i get it like i do this all the time on the radio show like the with the lock segment okay now picking against the spread every week is really hard and most people yeah. don't understand how hard it is you should see my twitter feed if i have a bad week it's just blowing up you know people mocking me calling me an idiot all these names if you go three and one it's crickets like nobody says a word so i feel you man it's not 
I used to think it was I, really yeah, cool I, too. I hate it now. I think I got called a closet uh, Hawkeye for uh, oh. <laughs> for predicting the Oklahoma State win. You nailed oh. it too, though, man. You were getting crushed <laughs> for that, and you absolutely nailed it. Yeah, and, and that's that's you know, there's just absolutely no pleasure in that whatsoever. No, <laughs> but if you're a total <laughs> shill, if you're a total shill, nobody wants to read your work, though. Like that's the thing. Nobody wants to read press well, releases. I'll tell you, um, I am down here, and uh, so I have talked this week to you know several close followers of the Texas program, and uh, there, there's there's a lot of trepidation and and some conviction that that they're going to get boat raced really by Iowa State. Wow. Um, I now, I thought that they turned the corner against K State, man. I thought that they found something in that second half. I was impressed the way that they fought back. Okay, well, then you're where, where I am. Okay. I think uh, I, I <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, a similar theme here. Some of the things that Texas is doing well are big problems for Iowa State. They, they exploit things that Iowa State does not do very well. And um, I think that that's a, a, been a bad formula. However, I'm going to couch that this week because I think Iowa State has found something in the last two losses. I think they've found uh, a backbone and spine. And I'm going to tell you, the whole key to this game is the three tight ends. Mm. Iowa State's best offense is the three tight end offense. And utilizing those guys, and that, those guys, no team in the Big 12 has, a, has an answer for. And as much as Johnson and DuVernay may be matchup difficulties for Iowa State, Texas can't match up with Kohler and Allen and, and Sainer. And so to the extent Iowa State commits to that, which they did in the second half or from the second quarter on against Oklahoma, they're going to be very difficult to stop. I'm going to take Iowa State 38, Texas 27. Okay. We'll take that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there. Um, earlier in the week, I had Iowa State winning by double digits. I think I'm going to dumb it down to seven now. After I watched, I watched that second half against Kansas State twice. And again, like I, the thing is, I think Kansas State, like I, they, I'm not They're really good. Yeah, like that. That's a really good way to put it. Like I watch them, and I'm like not that impressed. But then I'm like, God, like that coach, that son of a buck. He's gonna be. He's gonna be <laughs> Snyder 2.0. Like I thought it when they hired him. I was like, God, it's perfect. He's so annoying. Like I, I, I totally like. They're gritty, though, is my point. They're tough. They're all those things. And I thought Texas was fried in that first half. And then, I don't know, they they impressed me. I didn't know that they would play for Herman the way that they did and play for each other. Um, it was a pretty gutsy type of performance in the second half. So I think that they may have something, too. But at the end of the day, I just I really think Iowa State top to bottom is a better football team. I think it's why Vegas has Iowa State as a touchdown favorite. I'll go something like 30, 35 to 27. I'll go right there on the number. I'm not as um, I guess I'm not as confident as Jay, but we're right in the same spot. Where Rob, where are you at? I'm I'm actually exactly on Jay's okay. spot there. Um and it's funny because I was thinking about writing an extra piece to just throw up tomorrow sometime about the tight ends. Oh, yeah. Because it was ha-ha kind of when I asked Chase Allen about how they've been – have you guys been planning to finally all three of you get in the – and he had kind of a funny response. And then yeah, I asked Herman yeah. – uh, Herman. 
asked Manning about that and he had kind of a funny quote and just talked about that room. But yeah, that is something that is so special that Iowa State has. And, and when it's clicking, as, as Jay, you, you, uh, you, you put it so well, I mean, it, 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 it's, it makes them their best football team they can be. So, uh, yeah, maybe an extra piece of content there, but I'm, I'm definitely okay. on the same page with Jay in terms of yeah. a 10, 11 point game. I just want to say this, Chris. I'm sorry to take you over time. No, you're good. No worries. I'll take a liberty. This is the internet. We can go as long as we want. (laughs) The the reason that is is so effective for Iowa State is, number one, the talent of the guys. And and you've seen several of my pieces where I pointed out how next level Chase Allen's blocking ability is. Uh, And Saner, I call him the octopus because that's the way he blocks. Uh, and then we all know Kohler. But when they get into that tight set, you know, where they've got an unbalanced with all three tight ends on the same side, that formation is so problematic for teams um, because it creates blocking angles. So you're scared to death from a defensive perspective on how do we get three through these guys uh, to not get pinned for Brees Hall to come to the outside. You're scared to death of that because it creates angles from a formation standpoint. And if you cut those angles down in your defensive alignment, now you've exposed yourself on the backside to either Brees Hall or whichever receiver they have uh, on the backside. And then from the um, passing game perspective, when those three guys split out, one of them's going to be on a linebacker, period. Or one of them's going to be a massive size mismatch against the safety, period. And they've, They've started to get a rhythm, and they've started to just absolutely commit to that formation, uh, not to mention the pulling and the counter possibilities mm-hmm. that can be run. It's just dangerous because you've got blocking angles and uh, mismatches in the passing game with easy delivery opportunities and uh, a talent um, upgrade in that three are probably the, three of the most talented players on the team just from a pure football perspective. So, so that's that's the advantage, and I know that's very glowing, uh, and it can be shut down, but I think it only gets shut down by the coaching staff and what they're deciding and trying to do. Put those guys on the field, run power, run them out, get touchdowns just like we did the other night, and um, and I think that that's going to be uh, a dose of reality for the Texas defense. Appreciate it, my man. We'll talk to you on Saturday. I'm sure we'll be texting frantically Saturday afternoon. Uh, I think it's going to be a good day, and if it's not, well, uh, it's been an interesting season. But uh, I, I think things are these are two teams gelling at the right time with something on the line. What else can we ask for in November in yeah. pain? No doubt. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Take care. Jay Bye. Jordan. Take care, Jay. Read his stuff on PsychoneFanatic.com. I always find it so reassuring when some of the things I observe yeah, jive with what – yeah, he's observing because his football mind is it's great. Uh, yeah, second to none, beyond fertile. All right, um, elsewhere in the Big Twelve this week before we wrap it up, Kansas at Oklahoma State. Kansas will be in Ames next week. Um, intern Brandon will be a guest here on the thesis. He's Kansas's biggest fan in the state of Iowa. Big Les Miles guy. He's in the process of memorizing their game notes. For that, I think. TCU at Texas Tech. Bleh. West Virginia at Kansas State. Bleh. Oklahoma at Baylor. That'll be a big game. Baylor's being overlooked. I, I really think that they are. 
I, well, I I don't think they're that great, but the fact that they're a double digit underdog is insane to me. I I think the key for them, and again, I don't think the talent level has gotten to where it was in the Bryles years, but they've adopted the identity that Rule wants them to I have, agree. and that's a defense. He's done a great first job. team, yeah. and they're t- they're tough. He's and that's done a really it. good Bailey job. Bailey hasn't been that for a long time. Yeah, I think that I don't I don't th- if I had to pick, I think Oklahoma will win. Yep. I just think it is. And Vegas knows what it's doing, but a double-digit underdog, mm, yeah. I think they're being totally disrespected by the college football playoff. Like, there's no reason Oklahoma should be ranked above them. Mm-hmm. Baylor won at Kansas State. Uh, that was Oklahoma's only loss. Mm-hmm. Like, I just – I think it's egregious, but whatever. If they win on – it doesn't really matter because if they win on Saturday, they're going to jump them. But I, I think it's an absolute joke. That committee hates the Big 12. We've seen it year after year. Sorry, now I'm becoming that guy. It's all right. But I'm going to be that guy. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks for watching on Facebook Live. Thanks for listening on the Psych One Fanatic Podcast Network. We thank our sponsors, AimsEyeCare.com, DeMoinEyeCare.com. I care for the whole family. It's where I got these beauties. Rob, are you going to throw that paper airplane, or are we just going to sit there and build it? They are beauties. Let's see. Woo! Actually, that was a great throw. Did the loopy. Great job. Loop to loop. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place.